Let us now hear God's word, Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. As far as the reading of God's word, let's ask his blessing in a time of prayer. Let's pray together. Oh, Father in heaven, we pray that as we hear your word proclaimed and are taught from your scriptures, we pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would create in our hearts a deeper faith in our Lord and Savior, a deeper faith in you, O God. That we would receive the word with believing hearts and also to walk in the way of our Lord, looking to him for all things, even our salvation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Congregation of Christ, the angel Gabriel reveals a great and profound mystery to the young virgin. She will bear a son. His name shall be called Jesus. He will be great. He will be great in the sense that he will be the great prophet, priest, and king. There will be none like him. He will be the great prophet, priest, and king because he is to be called the Son of the Most High. He is the Son of God, the Son of the Most High God. The child who will be conceived in Mary's womb and born is the eternal Son of the Father. And so confused and perplexed, the young virgin Mary asks what any young virgin girl would ask. How can this be since I have never known a man? You don't need to be a biologist to know that. You don't have to be a scientist to know that. Mary asked a question that any young virgin girl would ask. Mary knows that she can't conceive a child in her womb unless she knows a man. Knows was a way to 
talk about sexual relations with a man. We know that she was betrothed to Joseph. They were engaged, legally engaged to be married. And the marriage is consummated at the marriage day when the two come together and become one flesh. At verse 35, the angel answered Mary, saying, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the the Son of God. He will be called the Holy One. Holy means to be separate, to be distinct, distinct from the world. The word here used for holy in this particular verse is in the form of an adjective. It's not a noun. It's an adjective. And we know, boys and girls, that adjectives modify a noun. They describe the noun. And the noun is implied in the word holy. And that's why some translations insert the noun, the subject. For example, listen to the NASB, the New American Standard Version. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For that reason also, the Holy Child will be called the Son of God. So the translators insert child in there because they know who the noun is, who the subject is. This child will be holy. A holy child. The NIV has a great translation. If you use the NIV, which is a very good translation, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. The child will be the Holy One. The child will be the Holy One. Distinct. He will be holy by nature. Because He is great. He is the Son of the Most High. He is the Son of God. He is the Holy One. And this child was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Notice the first point there. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Verse 35, he will, the angel answered her, The Holy One will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. The holy conception of the Holy One by the Holy Spirit is too deep for our finite minds. We're talking about something that is incomprehensible to the finite human mind. And we're very limited, therefore, in what we know about this miraculous event. When I started off the service, I talked about Christian Christmas hymns. There's a reason why I say Christian Christmas hymns. Because there's a lot of Christmas songs that leave out the core, the foundation of the faith. Namely, this holy conception by the Holy Spirit of the Holy One. 
When we come to a subject like this, the incarnation, which is Latin for in the flesh, when we talk about the Son of God assuming a human nature, we're talking about something so profound and deep and mysterious that we must enter it with caution. We don't want to say too much about it, that it goes beyond the scope of Scripture, but we don't want to say too little about it where we forget the mystery of it. Think about that. Think about it. The angel answers Mary, saying that the Holy Spirit will come upon you And he will overshadow you. The Holy Spirit will impregnate Mary with the Holy Seed. Can we really do justice to the work of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Conception of the Holy One? Think about it. Can we really truly comprehend the work of the Spirit here. Not even close. But we believe it. We believe it is true because God's Word teaches it. And so let us be careful not to speculate or presume that we comprehend the supernatural activity of the Holy Spirit and the conception of our Lord in Mary's womb. Let us marvel And be in awe of this miraculous event. The angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, Mary. The word come upon, the Greek word, has the meaning of coming upon somebody and having certain effects or producing certain results. It's not just coming to somebody is coming to somebody or upon somebody and producing a certain result. What's the result of the Holy Spirit's coming upon Mary? To supernaturally impregnate her and create a human life in her womb, whereby the two natures of Christ, the divine and human nature of Christ, are united but not mixed In the one person, Jesus the Christ. In the womb of Mary, there were not two persons. There was one person, the Christ. But two natures united together in that one person. Something that only the Holy Spirit can do. This is why He is the Holy One. This is why He is great. Because no one in human history can say that they were conceived by the Holy Spirit in this miraculous, supernatural way. Furthermore, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you or envelop you. This Greek word translated Overshadow means to throw shade upon, 
to cast a shade upon someone. Now, that idiom is used today in the English language to throw shade on someone, but it's used negatively. Today, the expression to cast a shadow is an idiom that means to spoil a good situation with something unpleasant. So you see someone rejoicing, and you come along and kill joy them. You'll kill their joy by casting a shade upon them. Mr. or Mrs. Misery comes to someone who's joyful and kills their joy. Cast a shade upon someone. But here, in the Bible, it doesn't refer to that. It refers to being under the protection and power of the Almighty. For example, Psalm 91 speaks to this. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. God the Almighty casts His shadow and the metaphor of wings, being under His wings, His protection, His provision, His presence. And so Mary, this young virgin, had the Holy Spirit come upon her and overshadow her. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, or the Holy One. Mary asked, how can this be? How can I become pregnant? For I have never known a man. The angel said, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. The Christian faith is a faith that believes that God does the impossible. And he does it for our salvation and our good. It's not impossible for God to ordain and bring about the holy conception of our Lord. It's not impossible for God to protect and preserve the child from any stain and guilt of sin. Have you wondered about that? Have you, have you questioned that? Have you thought about that? How can he be the Holy One if Mary herself knows the sin? Hmm. We don't believe the Roman Catholic dogma that teaches the Immaculate Conception. What is the Immaculate Concession? Conception? That Mary was preserved from original sin. She was preserved free from original sin. By God's grace, so that the Holy One would be born without stain of original sin and guilt. They acknowledge they have no biblical proof for it. They look to the church fathers where they adhere to Mary's absolute purity. They believe she is the second Eve. But is this what the Bible teaches? Is that going too far? The Bible teaches that every human being is born in Adam and polluted by original sin. Therefore, all men and women are guilty of sin. Mary herself acknowledged her own sin and need for redemption and a Savior in her song of, of redemption, her song of joy in the Magnificat, the Magnificence. No, the Holy Spirit came upon her and overshadowed her 
so that the child is protected in the womb of Mary and is the Holy One, the Holy One. This all-important truth about the conception and birth of Jesus is not the Christian story told today in society, in schools, and even in churches. Even in churches. Can you believe it? The Christmas story is the supernatural, almighty power and work of a great and awesome God who brings His Son into the world to be a complete Savior, a complete Lord. Without the holy conception by the Holy Spirit, Jesus wouldn't be a complete Savior and Lord. Without it, there's no full redemption for sinners. Without it, there's no hope for mankind. There's no forgiveness of sins. There's no light of the world. There's no hope in the world. This is what makes the Christmas story of Jesus Christ in the flesh, the Word of God in the flesh, so magnificent and awesome. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the child to be born will be called the Holy One. He is the Holy One. If he's the Holy One, well, let's, let's think about what that means further. What makes him distinct from, let's say, holy people? Or our holy forefathers? Well, Jesus, the Christ, the child, is the Holy One of God. The child will be different because he is from everlasting to everlasting. He entered time and space. He who is transcendent, that is holy other, distinct, has come and dwelt among us and is now near. In Jesus Christ, in this child, the Holy One of God is near to you, Christian. In his earthly ministry, Jesus taught the people. He healed the sick. He raised de the dead. He fed the multitudes. After feeding the 5,000 plus people, he taught the people. And he told them, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you shall not have eternal life. Well, that didn't sit well with the people. Who is this cannibalist? And so the people left him, deserted him, and he looks to his own disciples and says, do you want to leave too? Do you want to leave too? And what does, Jesus, what does Peter say? He says, Lord, you have the words of eternal life, for we know that you are the Holy One of God. The Holy One of God is right before their eyes. And the Father revealed to the disciples that He is indeed who He says He is. The Holy One of God who is drawn near to the people by His Word. 
He spoke to the people. Many disciples who were following him turned back. They turned their backs. They turned their backs on the Holy One of God. Think about that. Have you turned your back on Jesus? Are you running the other way? Do you want nothing to do with him? Are his words too hard for you? When you turn your back on Jesus, you're turning your back on the Holy One of God. If I turn my back on Jesus and want nothing to do with him, I'm turning my back on the Holy One of God. That's why we're indiscriminate in our efforts as a church to reach out to lost people. That's why we're promiscuous and indiscriminate in reaching out to lost, helpless, hopeless people. Because the Holy One of God will come again. Not to take care of sins, but to bring judgment. And is it not the desire of our hearts that all people everywhere would repent and believe in this Holy One? Someday I'll have to share some testimonials of our time caroling. The past few weeks we had that opportunity to go throughout the community. And what a blessing it was for me. I can't speak for the others, but for me, I felt like it was a real blessing that we were able to sing the gospel, the truth of the Holy One of God who was born lying in a manger for sinners like us. Christian Christmas hymns sing the song of salvation. They teach of the Holy One of God. And the Holy One of God speaks to us today in His Word. He reaches into the depth of our sin and depravity and brings light and life to us, doesn't He? Has He spoke to your hearts? Has He spoke to you the words of eternal life? Has He brought hope in the hopelessness of this life, in this present evil age? Has he opened your eyes and hearts to believe his word, believe his truth, to believe that he is the only way to the Father? The Holy One of God reaches into our hearts and our hurts and pains and sorrows. He reaches into our miseries and the raging waves in our souls. He brings life to the spiritually dead because only God the Son visited us and meets us in our greatest, deepest need. God came for us. The Holy One of God has the words of eternal life. He speaks to us and effectually works His grace in our hearts, 
calling us to Himself. The Holy One of God says, Come to Me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Some of you, perhaps many of you, are living restless lives. Perhaps some of you are living helpless, hopeless lives. The Holy One of God calls out to you. Turn to Him. Turn to the Holy One of God. Thirdly, whereas the Holy One of God speaks to His glorious divine nature and, and the distinction or separation from all others, the Holy One of Israel, He is the Holy One of Israel, and this speaks to His redemption for His people. We learn of this especially in the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapters 40 to the end of the prophetic book where he talks about the suffering servant. He talks about the Redeemer who is the Holy One of Israel. He is distinct. He is the Holy One. And He is distinctly and uniquely the Holy One of His people who brings salvation and hope. For example, in Isaiah 41, verse 14, Scripture says, it's chapter 41 of Isaiah, Fear not, you worm Jacob, you men of Israel. I am the one who helps you, declares the Lord. Your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. I can name off several other references in Isaiah that speaks to the same. I am your Savior, the Holy One of Israel. The child will be the Holy One of Israel. He will be your unique, distinct Savior of His people. The Old Testament foretold the coming of the Holy One who is the servant of the Lord, who would redeem or purchase our salvation, paying the ransom price for our sins. And He is able to do this because He is pure and undefiled. He is blameless. He is the precious Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Isaiah 53. He is the Holy One of Israel and of all nations who was born to lay down His life and our sins were nailed to Him on the cross. He who knew no sins became sin for us, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Friends, congregation, this child will be the Holy One, and He was born to die. He was born to bear God's wrath. He was born for you. Christ the Lord is born for you. Christ the Lord is born for you. So what does that mean for you then? In your battle against sin, in your battle with doubt, 
in your hurts, in your suffering of soul, in your suffering of the body. Name the trial. Name the trial, name the affliction. Name the pain, name the suffering. Name all those things that are a result of living in a fallen world. Start to name them in your heart, in your mind. Can you think of some? Oh, I can. Do you have it? Is it in your mind? Are you thinking about it? What particular affliction or pain are you going through right now? And now preach to yourself. Christ the Lord was born for me. The Holy One of Israel was born for me to meet me where I'm at and to take me where he wants me to be. In other words, preach to yourself That this child who is the Holy One is the only one who can be your only help and strength. He is your only way to the Father. He is the only truth. He's the only life. And in Him I have forgiveness of sins and life everlasting. Yes, I have those afflictions that I've named in my heart and mind. Yes, I have all those things that come with living in a fallen, broken world and a fallen and broken nature. But Jesus Christ was born for me so that he would take this brokenness, he would take this broken heart and mend it and heal it and grant to me holiness. You see, he is the Holy One by nature, but we are made holy by his holiness. He is the Holy One by nature, and He makes us holy, and He leads us in holiness, and He sanctifies us in His holiness, so that we can indeed walk in holiness. By His righteousness we are healed. By His righteousness we are made holy and blameless, and sons and daughters of God. He came to that which was his own. The Holy One of Israel came to Israel. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of supernatural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. You have been born supernaturally, miraculously, by the Holy Spirit of God. He has caused you to be born again to a living hope. He has caused you to be born again to be holy as He is holy. Listen to the words of Isaiah 49. Listen to me, coastlands. And give attention, you peoples from afar. 
The Lord called me from the womb. From the body of my mother, he named me. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me a polished arrow, and in his quiver, he hid me away. And he said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing in vanity. Yet surely my right is with the Lord, and my recompense is with my God. And now the Lord says, He who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him, for I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, Is it too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel? I will make you as a light for the nations, that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and His Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nation, the servant of rulers. Kings shall see and arise, princes and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. He has chosen His people who are made up of both ethnic Israel, a remnant of ethnic Israel will be saved, and a remnant from the nations will be saved. Together they will be the elect of God and will be called to himself. They will come from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And so who will, who will this child be? He will be the Holy One, the Son of God. He will be the Holy One of Israel. And he came to make an unholy people blameless, and spotless in his sight by his precious blood. The Holy One came to make a people holy unto the Lord. And that is you and me, Christian. We are made holy unto the Lord because of the Holy One of Israel, the Holy One of God. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God and faithful Father, we give you thanks and praise, O Lord, for the miracle of the Incarnation. We thank you, O Lord, that Christ the Lord is King over all and Savior of his people. We thank you, O Lord, that he is our complete Savior because he is the Holy One of God and the Holy One of Israel who redeems a people for himself, who makes a people holy to God. Oh, Father, we confess that apart from Christ, we can do nothing and we are nothing. But in Christ, we have everything we need for life and godliness. In Christ, we are the people of God a holy nation, a royal nation, and a holy priesthood. Oh, Father, help us, we pray, to spread to all the joy that Christ the Lord is born and that he is the true God and true man. And through him alone, we receive eternal life. Father, may we not turn to another voice 
But may we turn our attention, our hearts, to the voice of the shepherd, the shepherd of his sheep, who is Jesus Christ.